Welcome to Phoenix and Flame, pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. This podcast is not intended for use as psychotherapy. If you feel you are in crisis, please call 911 or contact your local crisis hotline. Welcome to Phoenix and Flame. I'm Dana, and this is my podcast on pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. Today, I thought I would do my episode on something I'm going to call the fear trap. I've discovered from doing therapy, years and years and years of therapy, (laughs) being a psychotherapist gives you um, an opportunity to hear lots of people's stories. And you understand at the end of the day that we're all basically the same. And I have determined that basically we are a fearful people. I see it in my practice virtually every day. Now the causes of our fears are myriad. What if my husband dies and I can't support our family? What if I'm not perfect enough and people won't love me? What if my child gets some terrible disease and dies? What if I can't escape this abusive relationship? What if I can't keep up and I lose my job? What if I'm as bad as my mom always told me I was? What if I can't get my shit together and my boyfriend leaves me? I can go on and on and on with these what-ifs. I also cannot promise you that these what-ifs won't happen. But neither can you promise me that they will. Let me ask you something. Can we agree that the future, and that's what we're talking about when we're saying what if, all of these what if questions are about the future. Because if they were happening now, we wouldn't be asking the question. We would know. So all of these what ifing, it's, it's launching ourselves into the future. So can we agree that the future is the present that hasn't happened yet? Yes. Can we agree on this? That the future is simply the present that has not happened yet. So if we can agree on that, can we also agree that while there is quite a bit of suffering and struggle in the present, there is also a lot of wonderful, positive, unexpected bits of awesomeness in the present. So, like I mentioned a minute ago, what ifing is basically launching ourselves into the future and pulling something back. So, if the future is simply the present that hasn't happened yet, then why are we always 
pulling back only negative things. I mean, you know, I have never heard anybody say, what if I go home today and standing on my front lawn are those publishers clearinghouse people with a big cardboard check for $5 million and somebody standing there with a fistful of balloons. I have never heard anybody say that. I mean, it could happen as much as anything else could happen, but we never what if the positive stuff. So as long as we're what ifing, I figure we might as well be balanced about it, right? So for example, (laughs) here's a what if for you. So there's a a trail uh, in our town that I like to to bike. And it's a really neat trail. But, you know, a few parts along the way, I see some, um, you know, there might be a little shed, kind of like a what I would view is kind of like a little bit of a ramshackle shed. And I'm thinking, you know, somebody could be hiding in that shed. And furthermore, as I'm driving down this, not driving, I'm biking down this trail, I'm thinking, you know, I'm seeing somebody ahead and they've got a stroller or they have a dog And you're thinking, well, yeah, that's a likely, what if they ask me for help? What if they, what if I'm biking along, do to do, minding my own business, and they try to wave me down because they need some help, quote unquote. So see, I've seen criminal minds. I know how these things work. (laughs) A likely story, I'm thinking. I'm like, what if I stop to help them and... They, they lured me in with the baby and the dog, and they, they quickly chloroform me and hide my bike over the, over the hill and throw me in that shed, and there's like, there's like um, handcuffs already in there, and I'm in that shed for like who knows how long, and nobody knows where I am. What if that happens? And like I said, I've seen criminal minds. I know stuff like that happens. So here I am just innocently biking down this wonderful trail with all of these horrible what-ifs going through my mind, okay, there's really nobody that can promise me that won't happen. I mean, to be honest, I do have mace in my little fanny pack, you know, just in case. I'm just saying I'm, I'm a female biking by myself down this trail. Um, you know, you kind of have to be, be aware and that kind of thing. But really, if I let that what ifing just consume me, then I, I would have to stop biking on the trail. I would lose all of the, the wonderful peace and tranquility that I get from biking by myself on this trail. It's a beautiful trail. It's just gorgeous. These beautiful trees and, I mean, the sun comes out and, and the, the breeze is blowing and I'm just by myself and I'm just, it's just very peaceful. I would lose all that if I, if I gave in to this fear of what if, and nobody can promise me that won't happen. You know, I mean, they can't, but 
like I said about balancing, okay, that could happen. But what if I bike this trail for years, enjoying myself and getting so healthy that I don't have that heart attack that was genetically waiting for me? Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, as long as we're building fantasy stories, we might as well balance them out, correct? This is an assignment that I give to a lot of my patients because they know that I cannot promise that all of these horrible what-ifs that they're thinking won't happen because I can't. But neither can they promise me that they will. And so it's about balancing those two things out. And I actually, on a little side issue here, I kind of include in my sessions that, to be honest, the only thing that any of us really have is right now. Because fear is almost always about the future. Now, sometimes the past has something to do with it because of something that happened to us in the past. But fear is about what will or will not happen moving forward. And I've, I've done episodes before on mindfulness, and I just cannot, I cannot say enough about the impact of being mindful, being in the moment. Because quite simply, none of us has five minutes from now. We hope we do. We hope we have weeks and years and decades from now, but we don't know that. And so being in the moment is very, very healthy and helpful and effective. And using your senses, you can go back and listen to some of the, the uh, episodes that I have uh, recorded in the past. One of them was pepperonis and peace. And I can't remember what the other one was titled about, you know, different uh, tactics and strategies to stay in the moment. Because when you're in the moment, there usually is not fear in the moment. Now, sometimes depending on what you're going through, There is. There are times when there's absolute reason for fear. Um, I've had conversations with people that have gone through and are still going through terrible, terrible things. And and there are moments when there's a very good reason for them to be afraid. Um, At at those moments, I mean, all you can do, I guess, is is try to solve the problem the best way that you can. Try to reach out and get as much help as you can. can. Try to uh, foresee something happening in the future and trying to um, you know, mitigate that and try to protect yourself. Um, and I've done other episodes on that, like uh, on the one on gaslighting and telling people about what your situation is and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, you have to try to balance out the what ifs. You know, what if, I mean, just like what if I go home this afternoon and I get in a wreck and I'm debilitated in the hospital like a vegetable. Okay, that sounds horrible, but that's what some people, these thoughts go through their minds or intrusive thoughts. Let's just be honest about that. But it's not about the intrusive thought, okay? Intrusive thoughts happen because we live in a, on a broken planet with broken people. And sometimes, you know, we're, we're seeing things on TV, reading things, talking to other people. We know that bad things happen sometimes. And if we're not careful, we can get caught up in that and just consumed with all these bad things. And so 
What if that happens to me when I'm when I'm on my way home? Okay, it could. I can't sit here and promise you that it won't. But what if it doesn't? What if I drive home like I have every other day and I get home safely and I have a good rest of the day and and I continue doing what I'm supposed to be doing for weeks and months and years to come? What if that? You know, that could happen too. So I like the balancing because I don't really like it when people become too focused on sunshine and daisies because our rational mind knows that life is not all sunshine and daisies. And so our mind will just blow that kind of stuff off. But when we're being rational and we know, okay, well, something negative could happen, but also this something positive could happen. Just balance it out. Now, talking about rational versus irrational thinking, most of the time when we become afraid, especially when we become very afraid, our thinking does become quite irrational. And I've talked before in prior episodes about the uh, animal brain or the emotional brain, you know, that's interchangeable wording there, that takes over. It's basically the, the seat of our fight or flight reaction. And so when that takes over, we're not thinking rationally. But assuming we're not in fight or flight, okay, there's a therapy called cognitive behavioral therapy, which I like a lot. It has a very dense research backing of being able to be effective in therapy. And there's what's called the three rational questions that I think is helpful for people to apply to their line of thinking. You know, as you're what this and you're what that, ask yourself these three things. Number one, is my thinking based on fact? Number two, does my thinking help me achieve my goals? And number three, does my thinking help me feel the way I want to feel? Now I want to quickly go through this one more time. Number one, is my thinking based on fact? Number two, does my thinking help me achieve my goals? Number three, does my thinking help me feel the way I want to feel? So you can apply those three questions to your line of thinking. And if the answer to those questions is no, then that line of thinking needs to go. Well, the obvious question at that point becomes, well, yeah, Dana, that sounds great, but how do I get it to go? Well, one thing you can do is distraction. Um, even if you can distract yourself for five minutes, you'd be amazed how many intrusive thoughts, how much of their power lessens after even five minutes of distraction. It can be as simple as counting backwards from 100, drop by sevens. Start at 100, count down by sevens. Or spelling long words backwards. Or you can distract yourself by having a conversation with someone. Or you can do a game on your phone or on your computer. Something that requires thinking. That is a distraction. Now doing something that is automatic, like mowing the yard or folding laundry or doing dishes, these things are not distracting activities because your brain is free to think because you are doing something that's, you're on autopilot. 
So a distraction device would be something that you cannot do on autopilot. You have to be actively engaged mentally. And if you can do that for about five minutes or so, you might notice that the the power of these intrusive thoughts diminishes. They won't go away entirely, but they diminish enough to where you can dismiss them easier. Now, some of them that are more pronounced, like I mentioned in an earlier podcast, they need help from therapy because there's something significant there that your mind is trying to tell you that you need to face and you need to deal with. And it keeps kind of coming up and intruding into your conscious mind because it's saying, hey, hey, I'm here. You need to deal with this. And you can only push that type of thing away for so long before you start experiencing some negative side effects. And some of those were in the the quote that I read from Bessel van der Kolk's book, The Body Keeps the Score, in a prior episode. So there is a, a quote from, I will try to pronounce this name. I even looked it up on my phone on how to pronounce it, and I still don't think I'm going to be able to do it correctly. I'll spell it for you when I'm done. <laughs> but the quote is from Jawaharlal Nehru. Now, for those of you who know exactly what I'm talking about, saying his name might be very easy for you. But it wasn't for me, even after I listened to it being pronounced. But you spell his name, and I'll put this in the show notes, but you spell it J-A-W-A-H-A-R-L-A-L. Last name is Nehru, N-E-H-R-U. And he said, there is perhaps nothing so bad and so dangerous in life as fear. I really like that quote because I have found it to be true many, many times. Fear will take over. But the good thing about fear is that fear can be sort of like a bully. And not that that's a good thing, but think about when you face a bully, when you deal with a bully. If there's a bully that is following you around on the playground when you're a kid or when you're older or something like that, the only way really to deal with a bully is to what? Like I said, to face it, face him, face her. Because the longer you run, they just keep running after you. I call it monster breath on your neck. Where like you're running like in a nightmare and you're running from a monster and you can feel it right behind you and you can you can feel it pounding the 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 ground as it's running behind you and you can feel its hot breath on the back of your neck blowing your hair. Well, you can keep running, but it will keep chasing you. You'll you'll just, you'll die of exhaustion before that monster loses energy. And so the really the only thing you can do is just to dig your heels into the turf, whip around, grab the monster by the ears, pull it in and say, what? What is it? What is it? Now, a lot of times, this needs to be done in the safety of a therapeutic relationship. Because sometimes what a person is afraid of um, is very large and very powerful, and it can overtake them. It can incapacitate them for periods of time, make them to where they can't even work or they have start having trouble in relationships. But fear needs to be faced. It's not to be run from, not on a long term, because you'll start having problems from that. There's also a, a scripture from Joshua 
chapter 1, verse 9, which I like this one because I can imagine God saying this. It starts out, have I not commanded you? And I imagine his face, and he's like rolling his eyes going, have we not been over this already? Um, (laughs) There's actually a lot of scripture about fear. If I was a pastor, I probably could tell you exactly how many scriptures there were on fear, but I'm not, so I don't know that. I just know there's a lot about addressing fear because fear is very prevalent. And then this scripture tickles me because it says, have I not commanded you? (laughs) We've been over this before. Anyway, the rest of it goes like this. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So there are a lot of scriptures about dealing with fear, which are fantastic. And there's one that you wouldn't necessarily think of right off the top of your head as being addressed about fear, but I feel like it is. And it's Psalm 23. Now, everybody, oh, the 23rd Psalm, the 23rd Psalm, everybody knows the 23rd Psalm, but really listen to it. It says, and I'm not going to go into all of it. I could probably dedicate a whole episode just to that alone, and who knows, I might do that in in the future, but... But right now, the psalm goes like this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, which I particularly like, by the way, that image. That's not in the scripture, that's just me talking. (laughs) The idea of being made to lie down in green pastures. I like the way he makes me to lie down in green pastures. And I feel like it's worded that way because we're running around like crazy with all these things to do. You know, he makes us do that. We're not doing that on our own, but we need to. Anyway, back to the scripture. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me down paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Now I'm going to take a little sidelight here. I'm going to stop a minute and I'll finish the scripture here in a second. But when I'm praying, I will frequently substitute in, even though I'm walking through, instead of saying the valley of the shadow of death, I will put in there, you know, something that I'm personally struggling with at that time. You know, even though I'm facing uh, fear of this, or even though I'm going through this or that, you know, I will, I will insert my personal um, frustration, my personal fear at that time, because I feel like that's the valley of the shadow of death. That's what it feels like to us. So even though I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in front of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So there are a lot of places to go to address 
your fear. If you happen to be a Christian or you're questioning, look up all the the scriptures on fear. There's a lot. And if you really delve in and and, and kind of grab a hold of them and make them part of, of how you're thinking, of how you're feeling, of, of how you're dealing with your life, it makes a huge difference. Maybe you need to get into therapy. Like I said before in prior episodes, I mean, I've been in therapy. I think everybody should have a therapist. Not that you necessarily need to go on a weekly basis all the time, but at least have one available. Kind of like having a lawyer on retainer. <laughs> because life is hard. And it's scary. And we have to deal with fear. It's all around us, but we can't let it consume us. Because fear is like a bully. So you will either spend your life running with that monster breath, that hot monster breath on the back of your neck, blowing your hair, and end up just on your face in exhaustion. Or at some point, You're going to get so sick of it, and you're going to dig your heels into the turf. You're going to turn around, grab it by the ears, pull it in, and say, what is it? Spit it out, because I'm tired of running. And like I said before, sometimes, depending on the person, you might need some help with that by going to a therapist and kind of explaining what you're afraid of and letting the therapist walk with you and kind of process your fears and what to do about that. I hope that there's been something in this episode that has spoken to your soul, something that you can benefit from. And if so, please share it. Use your social media platforms and share it on, on your Facebook page, on your Twitter account. You know, tell your friends and family about it. Hopefully they can benefit as well. So we can grow our Phoenix and Flame community of, of each other just trying to be stronger and healthier people. And I'm Dana, and this is Phoenix and Flame.